0: next
1: chapter podcasts
0: gray's anatomy the most iconic binge-worthy drama is back along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers will teddy survive will joe and link finally find happiness together meredith returns along with fan faves like arizona you can now stream every episode of gray's ever on hulu and new episodes next day Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry.
2: Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild.
0: Ooh.
2: The 500 The 500 J A M Talking us down through that 2012 edition, so it ain't nothing to new. Hundreds more to go, and in need of a friend. The king of these for Angelo, talking
0: the 500 until the end. Talking the 500 until the end with my man J M on the 500. Talkin'
2: the 500 until the end. I love girls, 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 I do adore. Yo, put your number on this paper, cause I would love to date you. Holla at you when I come off talk. Yeah.
0: That song was by Jay-Z from the 2001 record The Blueprint. It's also number 252 out of 500 on The 500 with Josh Adam Myers. You're listening to the only podcast that's going through Rolling Stone Magazine's list of the 500 greatest records from 500 down to one. Also, it's done by a comedian talking to his famous friends. And if you're looking for in-depth info, this might not be the one because this is a discussion about life, the album, and Gashluki. You wanna watch the podcast? Well, you gotta to subscribe to the Patreon. There's only one way to see the full videos of me and my guests each week. Join the Patreon for $5 a month. You get to watch full videos and for $25 a month, we're giving away merch and I'm talking coffee mugs, t-shirts, posters, hoodies to the Fleece Army. I will give you an official ranking in the Fleece Army, and you get to support the people that work on this incredible show. Peter, my editor, Emily, my booker. The the flagships of why this ship is moving are those two people, and JT, and Morty, and me. But go to patreon.com backslash the 500 podcast or find the link on our website. Our guest this week is actor and comedian Bill Bellamy. Check out his new book, Top Villains, Stories of Laughter, Lessons, and Triumph. And listen to his top villain podcast. Rate, review, and most importantly, subscribe to The 500 and listen free on all platforms or anywhere you get your pods. And if you can leave a five-star rating and a review, we would appreciate it. Follow me at Josh Myers on all social media. I post clips daily. Email the podcast at the500podcast at gmail.com. Follow the Facebook group run by Crazy Evan. And for all things 500, go to our website, the500podcast.com. Here we go with number 252 out of 500 with The Blueprint by Jay-Z. So, you know, I feel like you and I have been on, we've been on shows together, but I've never been able to like sit down and talk to you. You know, I've seen you at the Hollywood Improv A Bunch uh you know i'm a huge fan of 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 not just your movies but like you know mtv days man we go all back to there you were one of the one of the main dudes like in my life um and i feel like you know from working in that era like you were kind of there at the the birth of what jay-z is if i'm not mistaken am i right
1: correct like i was i was i was so lucky you know uh, to be in the right place at the right time because MTV was opening up its doors to more genres. You know, MTV was sort of like the, uh, the one-stop shop for culture, one-stop shop for music, one-stop shop for concerts, you know? So you, we didn't have no other outlets that give you that kind of information. Yeah. And so being a, being a host on that platform was tremendous for me. I mean, it made me a household name overnight. Uh man, I got a chance to you know travel the world for the first time in a way I've never traveled before. I was you know interviewing Whitney Houston, I turn around Madonna, turn around Kurt Cobain, turn around Jay Z or Snoop Dogg. That's nineteen and brand new to the game, Fuck. So it was it it was really cool. So that's why I thought it would be pivotal for me to write my book because I don't think everyone really puts it all together to know one my impact in music but also to the time of life you know we had record stores <laughs> we was going to tower records back then you know you was buying the cd opening up the artwork we haven't i haven't seen a cd in 10 years
0: years years there was something beautiful about like saving up the 20 dollars to go down to waxy maxi and and they put that they put it in that huge like crate thing so you couldn't steal it that like i don't know that like yeah. that plastic thing <laughs> You know, it's like I'm not going to steal "Color Me Bad"s second record. Who's who's going to steal that? But you, but you yeah. fucking. But it was all. It was an experience. And and uh, my buddy Morty, who helps me with this show. He, he says there's something about like, you could be proud of your CD book back in the day. You know what I mean? Cool. You could look at it and you go through it and, or like if a girl gets in your car and she's like, well, what are you listening to? And you could kind of tell a little bit about the person what's in there, but can you be proud about your MP3 collection? You know, it's like sure. anybody, there's nothing about it. It's just, it doesn't even, it's not even palpable. Like it's just, yes, I can push play on it, but it's it's completely just fabricated. Now you you said something that, that I thought was great. It's like, you know, you were there at the beginning of, of what Jay-Z is. So before we even get into that, I, I just gotta ask, because I wanna like, were you were you always a hip-hop fan? Where did you grow up and how did like how did like, you know, your when did you first really start digging on like what is now like Jay Z?
1: So like for me, um I grew up in Newark, New Jersey. Um, New York was like right there. You could see right that. Like, you no, know, you, you know, you're a train ride right away from being a part of, you know, what they call hip hop. You know, we, we knew it was there. We wanted to be a part of it. And, you know, um, did, we had a few rappers, you know, in Jersey that were making names like naughty by nature. Oh yeah. You know, we had queen Latifah. We had Apache, uh, the Lords of the underground, um, our poor righteous teachers. So we had a couple little groups that was bubbling. You know, Red Man from church. Oh yeah. So you know, we were like, we we, we were like. New York is the big brother and Jersey was the was the little brother, right? And uh my but the bad but like, wait hold on
0: but but the bad the bad brother though. Like dude, Newark, New yeah, York yeah, yeah, yeah. it ain't it ain't it ain't all the prudential center, you know, back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it was you know? no
1: prudential center then, you know what I mean? It was yeah. you know very 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 much an urban city, you know, hardworking blue collar town um you know, um, to to go to New York and make it big was really a dream. You know, it's like everybody who went over there, if they were good and if they worked hard, they could make it in New York, right? Yeah. So that was my that was my that was my sort of drive. But Jay-Z, for me, Jay-Z embodied the culture, and he was someone that moved like me, somebody that that talked like me, somebody that was in those kind of that that sort of microcosm of of their personal world and what hip hop was doing at the time. That's why I've always been a Jay Z fan.
0: Were you there? Were you there working for MTV when the Blueprint came out? Yes. So and, were, um, yeah, go ahead. So, so I had
1: I interviewed Jay Z before he became Jay Z. Now, and what most people don't realize at at, at this early 90s, Jay Z was in the dugout. Biggie was in front of him. Yeah. So, you got to understand if they're on the same baseball team, Biggie is the leadoff hitter. You know, Jay Z might be designated, he might, you know, be forks in the slot. So, um, but he was bubbling though, you know what I'm saying? He was like, he was jazzy. What well, was his name at the time? Was uh, he Hawaiian Fresh, so it was up. Uh, yeah. He had a different
0: oh, name before we take. Let me see if I have it. Justin, are you on here? If you look up what 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 his old uh, what his first name was, we might have it on Hawaiian, here.
1: Hawaiian Silky or something. like
0: that. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> Hawaiian Silky. It, it,
1: it's something. It's something bugged out. Like you wouldn't even
0: believe. <laughs> Do you, you see it? He's he's looking it up right now, but uh, I, yeah. I, I, I I hope it's Hawaiian Silky because that <laughs> That's is so it's, Hawaiian
1: is, Sophie. Sophie <laughs> Hawaiian Sophie right so he'll always time, be silky you know, to me. he was kind of like Hawaiian Sophie coming up in the game you know Biggie had all the bubble all the like you know sort of the LeBron James hype in Brooklyn you know what I'm saying so yeah. um I remember when I first interviewed Jay-Z he came to MTV Jams and uh He was like, yo, man, I'm just trying to make my mark in the game. He said, one day I'm going to have everybody calling me Hope, right, HOV. And then I was like, yo, that's interesting. Why would you want us to call you uh, HOV? He said, that's short for Jehovah because I'm a God MC. I said, wow. Next thing I know, next album, my name is ho O H to the O V. Used to roll my so used to uh, move snowflakes by the O Z. I said back then you would call me CEO of the R O C. You know, like I'm like, wow, he he had that mindset
0: early. What do you think of his evolution, like to get to this record, like like before we even start talking about this one, like you know, hearing reasonable doubt for the first time. Cause to me, that's like, where is, where is his music started getting, you know, like, you know, girls, 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 you know, a H O V a, you know, these are, these are almost pop songs. Um, and, and the, and the original like reasonable doubt is like, I mean, it's almost uh, like nauseamatic.
1: Yeah. Just real doubt. like reasonable doubt to me was the epitome of New York meets hip-hop meets Jay evolving into an artist to a degree that he's gonna have his own lane. And um, I still listen to Reasonable Doubt and I still listen to the Blueprint. The blue th- Those two are like one, two punch, whoop, bam. Yep. You know what I mean? Um, it, made, it, made, it made Jay-Z stand out so strongly outside of Biggie that it was like, oh shit, like Jay nice. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yo, Jay nice. Like, Jay really nice. like, like Oh, yeah. You know, it, it would be, if it was a ball player, you seen him go to the rucker and score 55 with the best cats, you know? Yeah. And so, to me... I thought that was I thought that was pivotal in his career where he um he just branched off. And he just really took off and people started to respect just respect him for being him, not like, you know, a sidekick or whoever, you know, uh coming off of uh the dugout of Biggie, you know.
0: Yeah. What was your blueprint moment? Like what what was your would you say is your 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 breakthrough? Like, you know, the movie where you were like, I've arrived.
2: It's twofold,
1: right? Please. My blue, my blueprint moment for Bill Bellamy is my first time on HBO, because HBO at that time was basically stamping the funniest guys in the country. Yeah. So that was like a that was like a breakout moment. And then my second blueprint moment would be being on MTV and being so strong on it that people start to know me as bill bellamy like they was like yo before they used to be like yo man my man you're a comedian right what's your name um 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 ah, (laughs) ah like they know your joke but they don't know your name but when i got to mtv they was like yo you're bill bellamy right that's my man that's bill bellamy yo bill you know that was that was that was epic because now i had turned a corner and I became not only a household name, but like I became someone that people associated with music. It was someone that uh, people associated with hip hop in a real way. It wasn't corny, you know what I'm saying? I didn't, yeah. I didn't, I felt like I came off authentic to people. So I thought that was really nice.
0: Did, did, so you're, so you do, you do Deaf Comedy Jam, that's before it. So you think the MTV, did the MTV, MTV thing happened because of Deaf Comedy Jam and how well you did?
1: I think so. I think it was, it was just momentum, bro. Like when you catch a wave, it is, you just can't call it. Right. You know um, it was deaf comedy jam. I was buzzing in New York already. You know what I'm saying? I was hitting all the right venues and, and tearing them shits down. And then, you know, I got MTV and then it was just like, yo, that's my man Bill Bellamy. I just seen him at the Savoy. You know what I mean? Or I yeah. saw him, you know what I mean? And so now I go from being a local hero or a tri-state hero to
0: being, you know,
1: mainstream. national.
0: Yeah, being national. Yeah. Was it a hard process, like to get the MTV thing, or was it like they brought you in because they saw that and they were like, we're gonna, we're, we want to, we we already kind of like this dude's vibe, or yeah. was it a, was it like a hard like process to get the, the gig at MTV?
1: No, 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 no. It was it was it wasn't that hard because they they kind of scouted a couple cats that they were interested in. I happened to be like one of five or six guys. Yeah. And um, I did my uh, showcase at Boston Comedy Club at the time in the village. I remember that. And so I went down there and I did my thing, man. I went on. I went hard. I got a, I ended up getting a 13 day uh, tryout. I mean, a 13 week. So they put me, they gave me a little, you know, 13 weeks sort of tryout. I got paid for that and then they just kept me. And I stayed there for seven
0: years. Jesus Christ, that's fucking dope. That mm-hmm. is dope. So you you really did see the the blow up because you know, hip hop, I'm going on Friday at, at Radio City Music Hall, they're doing this big concert. With like Big Daddy Kane and EPMD and so you came right at the tail end of what I guess with the originators of hip hop, where you're talking about like you know, Eric B. Rakim, but you're getting it to where hip-hop became what it is now, which is arguably, you know, the most popular worldwide music. You know, Correct. Drake, Drake, the weekend, you know, are our are, 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 are global. Um And I think the only thing that might be a little bit bigger right now is, is something like Bad Bunny, which is like, you know, humongous, humongous, like hum, I almost went.
1: It's like, nobody can even explain it. That's how big it is.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, but you know what, if you think about it, Bill, it actually makes perfect sense because it's a mixture of hip hop. It's a mixture of dance. And then it's a mixture of like, you know, the Latino culture, like, you know, which is, which there are. I think, you know, it's, there's just millions upon millions of people out there. And now America is, is a, you know, is a very like biracial kind of biracial, but just multicultural uh, nation where mm-hmm. Latinos make up, I think the majority. So it, it's just, and he, and he just came out at the right time, but even with, with hip hop, I mean, think about when this record came out, this came out, if I'm not mistaken, and Justin, I want you to check. But I'm pretty sure this. I, no, this came out. This this record, Blueprint, came out in 2001, um, and if I'm not mistaken, came out on September 11th on the Tuesday, September 11th, right? Um, right, right. Because Gerard Carmichael has a very funny joke about it about like calling his dad and his dad's like, he's like, did you hear? And he goes, Yeah, man. Did you hear track two? And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you know, they they're, they're atta- it's an attack on America. He goes, I know, man. These these Swiss beats are are killer. Like he's like, no, it's nine eleven, you fucking idiot.
2: in that case, I pronounce you lucky.
1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
0: See website for details. But it's but it's but that's what I'm saying is that this comes out in 2001, which is really where hip hop, if I remember, is really starting to turn into pop, and you're getting people like Nelly. You're getting, I don't want to say Chingy, I think was later, but.
1: Well, you're getting Nelly, you're getting, um, you're getting access to Nas. You're getting access to, you
0: know, that's the locks in them. That's 95. I'm thinking. um, Because, yeah, because, because, because think about this. Notorious B.I.G. is mid-90s, Tupac Mm mid-90s. They were the first p- people that I really remember that started making you know and i'm I'm leaving out like you know, please don't think I'm leaving out m c. Hammer and how important he was at one no, point because no, 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 he no. was but so he popular, later,
1: though. let me just sure type, let me just type this in I want to just get a, a reference because I'm like, yo man it, it was it was really that that was the part like I was saying to you that I was so happy to be uh a part of. MTV at that time because it was a floodgate that opened. R benefited. So it's yeah, right. You said September eleventh, right? That crazy. Uber. It's crazy. I forgot that it was then.
0: Damn. Well, because I mean, how do you remember? Because we all remember one fucking thing from that day. There's some. There's some great. Some great records.
1: I I had no idea it came out the same
0: day. Same day, dude. And uh, because back when CDs came out on Tuesdays, now they're. I think they're probably Friday now. Just they were like, well, we just don't want to. Just in case there's another terrorist attack, (laughs) but nobody's gonna attack us on a Friday, on a Tuesday. That's that's the biggest impact. You don't attack us on the fucking weekend, you know. But. This comes out, you know, what do you, were you, were you still at MTV when this record came out? Oh my God. Yes.
1: No, 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 no. 2001. No, I wasn't. I was gone. I was gone. 2001, September 11th. I had um, literally um, just came back um, on my honeymoon and me and my wife were like just chilling. And we got that crazy ass phone call. Um that uh, the, a, a plane hit the tower. And I was like, nah, that can't be real. And it was so early in the morning on the West Coast when we turned on the news, it looked like a movie. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, it, it was just starting to make sense, like, slowly, like, click, click, click. I was like, oh, shit. This is this, is, this is real. Man, that—that that, I don't even remember Jay-Z album coming out. I just remember turning on the news and it, all day long smoke and boom you know
0: oh yeah well i i think you know like i said it's everything's gonna get a little bit you know not ignored but you know there's something that's you know a global uh, crisis you know attack or whatever we're going to call it and so everything is going to get pushed to the wayside and everything did but you know the first song off this record was izzo and I remember that came out around July that was, you know, I remember that song just suddenly being like, cause that was, I think the first song that I noticed by Jay-Z in my life was where I really knew who he was, was hard knock life. That was the one, and that was like his first like poppy one where it was like now he's like now this is like you know because I, I mean i've always loved hip-hop i've always been more rock i love wu-tang one of the biggest groups tribe called quest i just i go see right. shows constantly now i just saw erica badu at the prudential center um so so i love love hip-hop but it was but i didn't really hear jay-z's name until um until hard knock life came out because right, that so, that, one, that one was such a crossover song oh huge huge crossover so when did so when did this record really start getting its play for you
1: for me um which song
0: because the singles were izzo girls 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 uh girl. and then and then song cry and they all came out relatively july 28th october 2nd january 29th and april 16th and i i, I mean i remember how big like, uh, Izzo was. Izzo was the one. That right, was the right, one the that one, was like the, the hit.
1: One, uh, Izzo was huge, but we're talking like, that was a radio hit. Yes. You know, like, that was the song that was pulling the album, you know, out the mud kind of thing. But the songs that, um, really, really, um, uh, was crazy was Renegade. The other one, Song Cry Made the Song Cry, uh, Heart, of the, Heart of the City was dope. Um, that was the ones to me, like that I was hearing in New York at the time, like girls, 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 girls. I do adore. Like that one was like a sort of bubbly LL Cool J, you know, got the girls, you know, yeah, yeah, going yeah. crazy in the summertime joint. So you got to understand, like, uh, Takeover, Takeover was dope, but it wasn't the one they was playing on the radio. The one they was playing was H to the Izzo, Girls, 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 Jigga. You don't know. Uh. Oh. So I show them Reeks coming on me. Uh, coming on me. Uh, so much slow. I got Revolta on it. Um, but the biggest, I think the biggest radio outside of H to the Izzo would have been Song Cry.
0: Yeah, oh for sure.
1: Just Uh, those two were the ones that, like, they played on the radio that that probably made him go platinum if, you know, I would have to, you know, roll roll the dice on that. But I think those two big ones were the pop-ish ones that we played, you know, probably on MTV, the videos the most. Yeah. Um, But the, but
0: Renegade was crazy, how? Wh- why? Why was that the song that that connected with you? What What was it about that you loved? Renegade
1: was a masterpiece in a sense that it was basically stating how dope he was and what he has contributed to this game and what he how he how he was just going against the grain with cats that was hating on him and this, that and the other, blah, 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 blah. And then the thing that really, 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 really killed it was everybody said that Eminem bodied him on that record. So it inadvertently helped Eminem be considered a real MC because he literally lifted Jay Z off that record. <laughs> if you go, you go back and listen to Eminem's um, um, lines on that man, he spazzed out,
0: bro. Yeah, well, he, Eminem is just there, there's videos of him just freestyling that I'm like, that's better than everybody's rap ever, you know it's just like you can't that's the same thing with comedy it's like he was gonna make it regardless it's like funny funny's funny is eventually if it wasn't Dr. Dre that put him on somebody would have it just was cooler that Dr. Dre did it what is what is like the signature things about Jay-Z that set him apart for you like because I'm a very like I I there's I'm not this is this is I mean I hate to admit it but this is the first time I've listened to this album in whole you know the the only one i've listened to before that was reasonable doubt which we did a few weeks earlier on the podcast right. which i loved because i it, like i said it reminded me of Elmatic it was like it was like a uh, an outing of like him like no this i'm here and i'm going to show you that i am the greatest and you know i think at the time you're listening mm-hmm. to the songs and you're like you're like god damn this dude's got a big ego but everybody in hip hop kind of has that you ego
1: to, man i mean the thing that i can honestly say to you that why i love jay as one of my top 5 rappers ever. It was very it was very unique the way he captured street life, you know. Um I felt like I knew all the guys he hung out with. I felt like I understood and could visually see the world that he was sort of going in and out of, right? Um I remember one of the lines that um, in the interview he said, "You know, you gotta fake it till you make it." Him and uh, Dame Dash would go to the clubs and they would pour water in those bottles until they had the money, so they could look like they was boiling. Like uh, yeah. you know? <laughs> back
2: then,
1: they used to <laughs> back then they used to do Moet, you know, and they used to do uh, uh, what's the other champagne? We wasn't doing
0: Crystal? Crystal, Crystal,
1: yeah. Uh, so they would pour some shit, like some soda, some shit in the Cristal bottles and be like, yo. <laughs> and I just always loved that, you know, I felt like Jay was like, I'm making it regardless. It don't matter, you know, whether he was in the street game or not. And he decided to make a twist, turn and get out of there. But he spoke of it in a um in a, with a reverence, though, like, you know, what he was accomplishing, what he was going through, the treachery, the disloyalty, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, counting the money out the street and stacking it, you know, um, I always thought like, wow, man, how can he say that? Can he go to jail for that? Like, like, I always felt like Jay might be leaking a little too much information, but at the same time, he was a great storyteller right um and I always thought like you know as a as a comedian I would want to be considered like the Jay-Z of comedy like a guy who always told it truthful always kept it real and people could feel that from you so that's why I idolized you know that's why I idolized Jay because I just felt like Jay just got it right and you know he's a he's a uh, he's a dude's dude you know what I mean he not was,
2: no, he not at all. Oh, he
0: dude, it, it's, it's like he lets his rhymes speak for himself. He's not. Yeah, Yes, he's married to like, you know, he says, I got the hottest girl in the game wearing my chain. And, you know, that's the flashiest thing about him. I mean, he's really like he's even there's so many celebrities that would be at his level with the amount of success that he's had that would want to be everywhere. And Jay-Z is everywhere, but you don't see him. He's just laying in the cut, you know, he's at the game, but, you know, he's, but he's not, there's so many celebrities that are just, I just want the camera on me. It feels like he's almost just like, I'm letting my work feet speak for itself. And, you know, I got my vans, I got my money, like I'm good. I wanted to ask you, because we talked about, we I don't know if we did, but we mentioned about hustling. So Jay-Z like, you know, had a hustle as a, as a dealer before, you know, he really got it. Uh, What was your hustle before comedy? Like, what were you doing before you found comedy or to actually get you to the place that you got Def Comedy Jam?
1: Well, I was doing, um, I was in college at the time. Um, I didn't know I was going to be a comedian yet. So we're talking 89. I graduated in 89. So I was literally two years removed from Def Jam and all that before I got hot. And so I was doing little stand-up shows at school, at Rutgers. I was, you know, hosting coffee houses, (laughs) you know, the typical bullshit. You might make $50, you know, joke-telling contests or whatever, you know what I'm saying? So I was just working on that just because I liked it. It was like a hobby. I didn't know at that time that I was like, yo, I could really do this for a career. I was just like, yo, this shit is fun on a Saturday, you know? Chicks, chicks like it, you know? <laughs>
0: well, what did you want to do if you didn't, if you, if because like I have a moment where it's like, I remember watching my dad watch Comic Relief the when Carlin was on, seeing mm-hmm. him laugh. I'm like six years old and I'm like, that's what I want to do. Um, what was you? so that was your moment. You didn't have like a, like for, you know, of well, course. One, you might,
1: of my mo- one of my moments that I said that that's what I want to do was when Eddie Murphy came to my school. Eddie Murphy was on some tour and he came to Rutgers and people slept on the ground to get tickets for this man. And we went to that show. And when I say Eddie Murphy, everything that came out his mouth was hysterical. Yeah. I said, Oh shit. Like, how do you get to that level? Like that's, That's the mark right there. I was like, yo, that would be live. If I could stand up there and talk for an hour and everything I say be bananas, damn, I want to do that. So I'm going to give my shout shout out to to Eddie. Eddie made me want to do
0: it. I mean, I think Eddie affected... 90% Ninety percent of the comedians that are working today, It's yeah, it's, it's like, was, like he was undeniable. Whether it was his stand-up or it was his movies, there was something about him, and I and I, I love that you brought him up to you know because Jay Z is 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 very similar in the in the idea that like Jay Z changed hip hop to a place that that you know and i'm not just talking about like the the use of producers or or you know really making these pop songs i'm just saying like the fact like what of what he rhymed about in his style there's something you know there's like legend about how good eddie murphy was as a comic and there's like there's like legend of like jay-z like not i watched this interview with rick rubin and he was talking about uh, the songwriting process and he, and he said something about Jay-Z and, and I think the interviewer was like, does Jay-Z really not write at all? And he's like, no, he, hears the beat walks away for 20 minutes and then, or maybe, or then he, or then he goes right into it. And it's like, he doesn't come there with a pad. Whereas like Eminem is just constantly writing, constantly, constantly writing. And it's like, there's like a folklore about the way Jay-Z fucking spits his rhymes. and And same with Eddie. Like Eddie Carey, think about this, man. The movie Golden Child without Eddie Murphy is one of the worst movies ever made, right? He, I mean, you know, flip it, flip that burger it's burning. Like those little things that he did, you know, it's just made that one of my favorite movies ever because of you, you have that innate talent and that innate sense of what's funny you know, was it a hard, was it a hard, uh, like the, the learning process of doing comedy? Like, were there like, how many years until you really started thinking you felt, found your voice? Wow. That's a good one, huh? Um, I would say
1: about three, three. Good God. Fuck. Yeah, dude. I would say about three years where I'm starting to say, yo, I, I think I know what I'm doing a little bit. Like, I kind of got it a little bit. Not all the way there. Yeah, all the way there. But just like, I know how I'm going to start. I know what works for me. Um, I know how to get them going, right? So I had to figure those little beats out. And then I just started writing jokes that really, really, really hit me. I had to write things that was very, very personal. So like when I started doing that, that's when my comedy just got bigger. Because before I was just doing more observational comedy, I wasn't really putting myself in there. But the more I put myself in there, it brought me to life. Because people get a chance to, I feel like um, people get a chance
0: to get a snapshot of who you are through your comedy. Oh my God. Yes. And I like, I like that you said you had little flashes, like there's, I bombed so much at the beginning. And then, and then I would have these moments where people are like, Oh no, you actually can do this. Like you, you just, just
1: everybody has those
0: nights where you just offer you missed a
1: word or you just didn't set it up. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Or then you go, or you go on, after a comedian that's better than you. You know, you that night you go behind Chris Rock and he got a great bit and you just take it to the face. It can happen, you know what I'm You know what I mean? Yeah. But, the, the, but the beauty, the beauty of comedy, much like being a rapper, is the more you do it, the better you get. Like, the more you write, the better your pen is. The more you tell jokes, the quicker your timing gets, the better you're able to tell a joke and cut out the fat and get to it. You just keep working at
0: it. Yeah. Oh, it's, 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 I I say this, I've been doing it 15 years and I say, I just got funny. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's, it's an ever evolving thing. It's rare that you meet a comedian, you know, and I'll even say MC that there's some people that just have it. Like Jay-Z probably had it. Notorious B.I.G. probably had it. You know, Method Man probably had it, uh, LL Cool J, all those guys. But there's some people that have to, like, really work and figure out their style. There? Yes, hello everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But The Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen.
2: Bruce and e Street Band are on tour right
1: now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly
0: episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreets magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Numbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road.
2: Thank you so much. We'll be seeing
0: you Guess what, everybody? If you're all caught up on the past episodes of The 500 and and still need something to listen to on those long summer road trips, Next Chapter Podcast has got you covered. They actually just launched a brand new series that's a lot of fun called In the Cards. Written and directed by Kevin Henderson, it's an existential romantic comedy about a born loser who takes on fate and changes his destiny in order to win the heart of his tarot card reader. Connor Ratcliffe from the Dead Eyes podcast stars as Gil, a low-level ad man who loses at everything. When the beautiful niece of a psychic reads his tarot cards and informs him that the universe is against him, he vows to change his fortune. Cheered on by his best friend Lex, Gil learns everything about philosophy that he can en route to an epic showdown with supernatural forces. And the cast is great too, featuring Jamie Ann Romero from The Punisher and House of Cards as the tarot card reader, Layla Robbins from The Boys and The Walking Dead as the psychic, and Chuck Woody Iwuju from Guardians of the Galaxy 3 peacemaker and john wick chapter two as gill's philosophy professor it's funny it's weird and it's definitely worth putting on listen to in the cards wherever you get your pods and learn more at ncpodcast.com i want to talk let's talk about a couple of the songs um there's i feel like there's only a few that we really really need to talk about um the first one i want to bring up actually before i do that bill let me say this so everybody knows the blueprint was reportedly cut in two weeks with jay-z recording nine songs in two days nine songs in two days which is incredible Phenomenal. Um, yeah and jay-z and his producers use vintage soul as inspiration including a vocal sample on almost every track from such artists as al green bobby blue bland david ruffin and the Jackson Five, with the exceptions of "Jigga That," uh, "Hola," Hovito, and "Renegade," a track produced by and featuring the rapper Eminem, and the yeah. only track in the album, album featuring another rapper on verses. Um, it sold, so it came out the day of the September of eleventh attacks. It sold over four hundred and twenty-seven thousand copies in its opening week. So what's what's the record before this? Because I don't I don't I could like pull it up. Because it goes reasonable the album, doubt. The album before that was reasonable
1: doubt.
0: Yeah. Well, no, no, no. I hold on. Wait, wait. Reasonable doubt's the first one that came out in blah blah blah. Where I've got it all right here. So, so by the same year his debut release, reasonable doubt, comes out in '96. Prior to that, Jay had been selling burned CDs out of his car. The album reached number 23 on the Billboard 200, uh, generally favored by critics. After reaching a new label distribution deal with Def Jam in 97, Jay-Z released his follow-up In My Lifetime, Volume 1, produced by uh, Puffy Combs. Um, is that what he would no, P- you know? By that time, he was Puff Daddy. I'm sorry, I don't want to misname. Him. He's got so many. Diddy, Puffy, Puffleupagus. Right. Uh, outsold, So that I also his previous record. The album was a personal revelation for Jay-Z as he told stories of his difficult upbringing, then you've got um volume two hard knock life which is when i first heard him and then and then in 99 he collabs with mariah carey on heartbreaker uh in 2000 and then volume three comes out that's
1: just a single that's not that sure but that
0: but no but you're right it's just a single but that's a, that's way of getting him even big. That's that's getting him to sell four hundred and twenty seven thousand copies in the first week. So that's an so important bad. moment for him because now he's crossing over. You know, it's not like he's just doing shit with Swiss Beats and and with Diddy. Now he's with arguably one of the greatest or biggest soul singers of the nineties. Facts. <clears throat> then you have Volume Three. Uh, in two thousand, they released the Dynasty Rocka Rock La Familia uh, which was a compilation record of all the Rockefeller artists. Um, but then, but, but Def Jam turns it into a Jay-Z record. And then you have this, this record. So the first song I want to talk about, let me pull it up. Hold on. I just had it cause there's, a, there's, there's a lot of feud stuff on this record, which, which record? Uh, the one we're talking about on, on, on the blueprint. So the takeover is the first song I want to talk about. This is a, this is a Jay Z diss song aimed at mob deep and Nas. The song is better remembered for its Nas diss as it, uh, catalyzed, uh, the long running and Epic Jay Z Nas beef. Uh, he's quoted saying for me, it was like a sport. Takeover was like a sport. Jay-Z said during an interview with Angie Martinez at the time of the record's release, I respected Dude lyrically. I feel like I'm on top of my game. I don't feel you can compare his career to my career, but that's just my opinion. In another interview... Well, hold on. Before I even get to that, do you believe that? Do you think... I mean... Jay Z Nas. I, I don't think I like, I do think that you can put Ilmatic and Reasonable Doubt like right up head to head. I think yeah. I'm, gonna yeah. go Illmatic. I'm gonna go Ilmatic. I'm gonna go Ilmatic every time because Ilmatic, <laughs> I think, is one of the greatest records ever made for hip hop or of any genre.
1: Crazy. Ilmatic was just crazy, bro. It's certain albums just crazy man ilmatic can't be touched it's just one of those things it was bigger than just being an album just the timing of it it felt like a revolutionary album you know it just didn't feel like music it felt like a masterpiece you know what i mean
0: let me ask you a question so without naming any names like did you have any beefs within comedy when you were first starting or were you just like i'm going to keep my my blinders on and do my thing
1: No, 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 no. We didn't have any beef like that. I think there was some competition. It was very competitive, Jersey versus New York you know what I mean? Versus Philly, Connecticut, you know, Cats was really just trying to be the best ever, you know? So we were competing. Like if you, if I saw you have a great set and you represent New York and I'm representing Jersey, I'm putting Jersey on my back tonight. We got to go up against Brooklyn. We got to go up against Bronx. You know what I mean? Like that's the kind of, and so when you would go, if they say, yo, my man from Jersey, Bill Bellamy, you, New Yorkers would be like, oh, yo, all right, all right. Yeah, my man, yo, he crazy. Yo. But at first, they'd be like,
2: whatever.
0: Yeah, man. yeah, yeah.
1: Jersey? We we in New York, baby. That's how they would be like, yo, this
0: ain't Jersey. <laughs> did you, let me ask you, did you start, did you, were, when you, were you doing all, all the clubs or did you start in like black rooms?
1: I started in black rooms, but I was working, you know, you know, the crossover rooms, you know, I yeah. was doing you know, Rascals in Jersey. I was doing uh, Catch a Rising Star. I was doing um, um, Boston Comedy Club was a crossover room, you know, where you get a mixture of college kids and this, that, and the other. But when I would go up, you know, to Uptown, that would be Harlem. That's all Black. Yeah. Yeah, You know, so I was able to do I was versatile, I think, with my stand-up, so I was able to, like, play this room and then run uptown and do that room and then probably go back down to the East Village and do that room, you know?
0: Yeah. What would you say, you know, was your takeover moment? What was your, like, when was the moment that you felt that you would really, you know?
1: <sighs> takeover moment?
0: Uh, How did you play <sighs> how to be yeah dude that movie rules, <laughs> yeah, that movie rules. Yeah. like like
1: y'all thought it was a game right like how to be a player being the lead in a movie and being like sort of cast as this smooth cool cat that was a jay-z moment in hip-hop for me you know where it's like you got the right role you got the right look you know if it, 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 it feels like a good suit when you put it on, you know. And to this day, people still say, "Yo, how to be a player? You're my man. You taught me how to be a player." Me and my little brother used to watch your movie every day. We'd come on and watch it again, watch it again, because we was like, "Yo, we want to live like Dre." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So you got cats saying they want to live like Dre, and I'm like, "Yo, I want to live like Jay." You know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I love it. No, it's such a good movie, man. It's it's like I remember when that came out and I thought that was like one of the coolest things like ever, man. Um, But, uh, you know, Izzo is the next song I want to talk about because I feel like you got to talk about this. So uh, the line H to the Izzo, V to the is a is a slang method of spelling out Hova. It was a why would my writer wrote? It was a Trizend in the Rizap community to put the is in the words. You remember that do you like do you remember who was the first person to start doing that was that was that snoop that was like doing like he was more like an isle
1: oh, i don't know if if um so what year was this 91 2001. hmm it's kind of in the same kind of vein
0: yeah. I don't know who did it first. I can't say. I'm not really sure. I would have to look that up. What was, uh, before I even get into the talking about the song, what was like either a word trend or a fashion trend that you look back on now and you're like, I can't believe I was a part of that?
1: The loud colors, bro. Bright-ass orange, lime green, yellow. <laughs> It was like we looked like stop signs, bro. We was just like that era of was just Carl Kanai, oh car yeah, colors, oh yeah, um, Kangos. You know what I'm saying? Coogi sweaters, mm-hmm. yeah, Coogi, <laughs> Coogi <Cougie laughs> no, sweaters. That, that, Coogies was, was like at that time. Coogi was like Gucci.
0: Oh yeah. That was it. It was just so funny because all those, all those designer brands were around back then, but nobody in hip hop or in just fashion in general, what what pop culture was going on, those people didn't fuck with any of that stuff. I mean, there were people probably wearing Versace and shit, but I really think it was like the rap game slowly, but surely started pushing, even Jay being one of them, talking about the bigger designer brands, because uh, it was all-
1: and, And making them popular, like Jay, Jay, you know, needs his flowers. Like, he was the first cat to talk about popping bottles and, you know, putting Mo, Mo, you know, they were saying, you know, Chris Sal, they talk about Mo. Uh, then he they went from that. He said, so doing, he, one of his lines was like, we out here doing Mo in a speedboat. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. like, he was always pushing the agenda and pushing hip hop forward. Like, we, we dress up. You know, like, i never forget one of his lines. He was like, um, it's time to, it's time that, you know, this is obviously not Blueprint, but it's basically like, we not wearing pet baggy pants no more. You know what I'm saying? We dressing up a little more. We trying to be a little more refined, you know? Oh yeah. And, you know, and, and people went with it, you know? Cause Jay, Jay was really saying like, hey man, I ain't got my windows. You know, I don't have my windows tinted on this one. Yeah. I want you to see me. I want you to see me walk through, you know what I mean? So I'm like the dude's wordplay, his his uh storytelling is unparalleled. I mean, he's he's definitely a gift to the culture for
0: sure. 100%. And and like you said, like he, you know, was he, he was saying we don't have to do the baggy clothes cuz I always say I've there's a comedian, Chris Porter that I'm friends with. It's like, he's like a rock rock dude. And he always had long <laughs> hair. And I got my, I had long hair and then I cut my hair short and he was like, you cut your hair. He's like, but that's, what about your, you know, the music or whatever you're doing. And I'm like, dude, you can be rock and roll with short hair. Like you can be, you can be a hip hop in, in a three piece suit. doesn't make a difference. But now it is going to lead to my next question. I How do you feel about hip hop fashion now? Cause am I'm, I'm be honest with you. You said we don't have to wear baggy clothes. Jay-Z said that. I kind of fucking thought that was like, dude, like like the 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 90s, late 90s, like hip-hop, even though you were talking about the colors and shit, like there was something about, especially the New York guys, like Wu Tang, like like they dress so fucking cool with the Tim's on. Yeah and the fucking like that's badass. The bucket hat,
1: hat. Yeah, and, the
0: and you and bro, and you look at and you look at some of the the shit. Like I'll, I was just in LA a couple of days ago, and I went to Rick Owens because I'm getting shit for my tour, and and I go in there, and this dude walks in with the tightest, most shredded pants I had ever seen in my life, and I'm like, that is lame. Dude. Like that's lame. I don't care if yeah. they cost seven thousand dollars. It looks right. ridiculous. Right. So, how do you think about the fashion now compared to I what think, it was? I think it's a it's
1: a plus and a minus. Like for instance, I think that hip-hop has pushed the envelope for what is cool in fashion, right? Yeah. You, you know, know, the labels that they're doing from the Balenciagas, obviously, Versace, Louis Vuitton, uh, you know, uh, Gucci, whatever, right? These guys are wearing it, and they're wearing it in a stylish manner. You know what I mean? They're not dumbing it down and looking and or, or making it ghetto. They, like, they rocking it. You know, they rocking it with... You know, the fly glasses and, the you know, the polo top, you know, joint with the wheels, with the fitted jeans situation and some bomb ass sneakers, you know. Cats ain't wearing Tim Lins now, but they're wearing $900, $2,000 sneakers, right? Oh, okay. yeah. Cool, right? Yeah. So that part of, of what it's done for the culture, I think, is outstanding. Um, the new stuff is sort of the more... Uh, androgynous or like, you know, sort of the metrosexual sort of like aspect that we never had before. Yeah, That's real. You know what I mean? Like when you see guys wearing, you know, you see guys like Nas X, you see guys, you know, wearing like a furry pink, you know, um, outfit, maybe they got like a purse or whatever. in this, like, you know, we didn't have that in hip hop in twenty years ago. Yeah. So now there's there's been an influx of different styles, different people, different people playing characters. Um, that they're still hip hop, and that's interesting, and it's different.
0: Yeah. Oh, completely, completely. I do think I wouldn't mind if baggy pants came back a little bit. Like I've never been, been a, a tight pants dude. I've never been a tight pants guy, man. I'm five nine, so I gotta I gotta make myself look. You know, I, everything's fitted, but. You know, I like a little, I like a little room to breathe. Yeah. All right. Girls, girls, girls. Let's talk about that. This is the second single off the record reached number four on the U S hot R and B hip hop charts. Uh, It's basically a playful description of Jay's promiscuous lifestyle um, contains a sample of there's nothing in this world that can stop me from loving you by Tom Brock, who died late a year later. The song has additional vocals sung by Q-tip, Slick Rick and Bismarcky, but they're not credited as featured guests on the back artwork. They are, however, credited in the album's liner notes. Um, who are, who are some people, what was a project that you've worked on where you got to be around, you know, three legends, not even three, it could be one, two, but I mean, to work with Q-tip who, you know, I'm, I I vote on the rock and roll hall of fame every year and I'm fighting to get a tribe called quest in. They're on the short list. They're on the short list. They deserve to be on there and they'll get in slick Rick you know, one of the, one of the most influential people in hip hop and biz who is who was just kind of there a part of every, everything. What was a project that you've worked on that you were like, fuck, I can't believe I'm working on this with these dudes or girls.
1: Well, I would have to say MTV because yeah. um, we did, I, I pitched a show called MTV Jams Live. And so we would do the show in the studio but with a live band and this, that, and the other, right? And so I had on one show, I had Tupac, you could look this up. I had Shock G um, From Digital Underground? Digital Underground. There. Oh, fuck off. It was crazy. I had, um, I might have had tried too because this is all around that time. And uh, Tupac was like, I get around. Still clown with the underground when you come around. That song was dope. He yeah. did that one. Um, another MTV moment that was crazy is when I had Buster Rhymes when Buster Rhymes was like, off oh, fire. After he left Leaders of the New School He just kept blowing up, blowing up, blowing, kept coming with another hit, another hit, another hit. Um, Minority by Nature blew up. That was another moment. Those guys I knew way before they got big. So the fact that I went from seeing a local guys, a local group of my friends that I grew up with, Become famous at the same time I'm famous was crazy. Like we always talk about that. Like, yo, that's so crazy. Cause just a year ago, nobody knew who we were. Now this year, we had Spring Break and Daytona Beach. Like, Yeah, but
0: what yeah, what's what? Like, what is your your swan song moment at MTV? Like, what was the moment you're like, it's never gonna get better than this, like? either meeting somebody doing something interviewing somebody because you mentioned like i mean dude you you were you were fucking there dude you were there when mtv was the biggest thing in the fucking world that was it It it
1: summer i'm gonna tell you a summer that you when i say this song you're gonna go oh shit tell me (laughs) 95 one two three Three into the four, Snoop Doggy Dogg is at the Dre is at the yeah. top, ready to make an interest. So back on up, cause you know we about to rip shit up that yeah. summer. Yeah, <laughs> Yo, give me the give me the microphone first so I can bust like a bubble. Yeah, Compton and Long Beach together. Now you know you in trouble. It ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Well,
0: that, that summer was crazy. Yeah. That was 95 <laughs> so so 1995 all like you know hip hops turning like you know where where are you why why is I'm it in. for why is it for you this important like moment not just because the music's great but i mean is it just what they're having you do it was or true. like
1: 95 95 to me was indicative of hip hop making it stand that it ain't going nowhere and that different versions of hip-hop is here now. We got West Coast Rap, we got East Coast Rap, we got uh, Cats coming out the South now, you got OutKast, you got uh, uh, Arrested Development, you got the Fugees, like it's so much hip-hop that's popping
0: off, yeah.
2: Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network within the four walls of the musicians guild we'll be discussing the habits idiosyncrasies experiences and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities listen and subscribe at soundtalentmedia.com
1: ready or not here i come you can't hide
0: like that. are they and they and they are they throwing you into the mix for all of that and they're just like you you're the guy i mean yeah, let, me let, me, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question because I could just, just to strike my memory like, how many black VJs were there working at MTV during that time? It was me and Ananda Lewis. I remember Ananda, yeah. Yeah, that was it. I
1: came in after that. Uh, Ed Lover and those guys left. I, you know, it was like a, we switched, we switched. It was a changing of the guard, so to speak.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so did they? So I'm assuming that, that most of the white producers were like, well, let's put them in there. But I mean, also, you get to go in there, and you know, because I don't think Kennedy is going to do as well as as you are talking to like Nas or something. Correct. So
1: like, it, it worked. It worked out that I became the number one show on MTV. I became the number one VJ. So I was able to with my personality, I, I was able to cross genres. Like I'd be in a, you know, I, I interviewed um, uh, Steven Tyler, right? Then turn yeah. around man Amanda more set, and then the next day I do ice cream. You know <laughs> what I mean? So it, it was eclectic.
0: I, I mean, well you're, this is the thing and you were talking about like, it really took you three years. Some people it takes very short to find their voice because they're already uh, like a confident, charismatic person. And the second we saw you up there, it was like, you know, you felt, you looked very comfortable. When you hear some VJs, it took, it took time, you know, people podcasting, it took me time to figure out, all right, you're talking to somebody and you let them talk and blah, 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 and don't look at that and don't do this. Um, you know, you've, you just have this thing that just seems very, You it, it looks like you made every guest feel comfortable immediately. Yeah.
1: And that's what I wanted to do. Like, I didn't want people to feel tight, you know, come in and I got to just like bend them, bend their arm to to give me, you know, answers and stuff. So the more enthusiasm I had for them and their project, they relaxed. And it was like, oh, this dude is engaged. Like, oh, he really does know my music. He really did listen, you know, and I knew the producers and stuff. So I was always doing my homework, which I think was a good attribute. Do your homework. Yeah.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know we gotta get you out of here soon. Um, so I wanna I just want to ask this, and this is my last MTV question. Um, what what was your favorite interview that you ever did? What was the one that meant like meant the world to you? You know what I mean? Michael Jackson.
1: Oh yeah. Michael Jackson was crazy because it was just like he didn't inter- he didn't interview with a lot of people. No one. And, and uh he picked me. He handpicked me. Um, if you go back and look at the video music awards, um, I gave, it was me and Biggie on stage and we gave the video Vanguard award to Michael and Janet. And so that night, um, I never forget Michael coming over to me and he was like, you did such a good job with my sister. Like you were really good, and you showed her so much love. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And next thing I know, he was like, "I want Bill Bellamy." And I was like, "Oh!" It was like Michael Jackson requested that you do the thing, and the boom, bam, boom. I was like, "What?" <laughs>
0: <That's> <laughs> oh gross, shit! That... I was
1: like, "Oh shit!"
0: <laughs> did you did you feel comfortable and confident, or you get nervous before was, something like that? I was that? like
1: this, bro. I was yeah. Like this. You know, but you know, I settled in, you know, I settled in and kind of like, you know, got back into my zone. But it was like one of the guys I grew up watching, admiring, one of the guys I said, man, one day I'm gonna meet Michael Jackson and Jackson Bob. And and I'm sitting there talking to him, and man, he knows my name. Like to me, that was just sort of surreal, like, wow, yeah. You know, like insane. I it. Like if Michael Jackson knows me, is he's been everywhere in the world and he knows that Bill Bellamy is somebody that is important. That's
0: crazy. Uh completely. Completely, dude. That's that's a that's a fucking great moment. All right. Yeah. I got a few questions and we're gonna get you out of here. Um, you mentioned your top five your top 5 MCs you said Jay-Z's in there what what give me that in you know if you if you know him in order great from 5 down but you know you said he's in there where do you put Jay-Z in your list of the top 5 greatest MCs
1: well he's my number 1
0: number 1 so, wow
1: so okay Jay, so Jay's my number 1 MC my second uh would be uh Nas my third would be Big. My fourth would be um, Tupac. Then my fifth, I'm gonna hit you with one that people not gonna really, really see. Cause I could go with Rakim. Yeah. But I'm gonna go with, he's my sixth. My fifth, I'm gonna go with Big Daddy Kane. Because Love Big, yeah. Yeah, Big Big Daddy Kane was the guy who influenced me to be fly as a comedian. Like, he was yeah. the guy like each one of these rappers influenced me, like each one of these rappers gave me something to add to Bill Bellamy. Like Jay taught me how, you know, the hustler mentality, like how, you know, how to talk that talk, how to walk that walk. You know, uh, Nas taught me how, you know, to get well read and be be about the information and and think Think better and, and, and read more and learn about the culture. Like he was always spitting gems in his music, right? Then you got Big. Big was just charismatic, clever. You know, he was a lyrical genius. You know, genius. know what I'm saying? Just lyrically gifted. He made wordplay fun and colorful, you know. Tupac gave me that you know, sort of that passion for the underdog, um,
0: fire, you know, yeah, um,
1: that fire of like, you know, the people that are underserved in our, in our communities and people that get looked over the poor, you know, he had that kind of like, uh, bravado, you know what I mean? And Big Daddy Kane, like I said, Kane was just smooth, and slick. You know what i'm saying he could dance he was smooth with the ladies he had all this charisma and i was just like yo ain't nobody in comedy like big daddy king
0: Mm-mm. i was very lucky i was in doing uh, jfl toronto last september and russell peters you know he's so connected to hip-hop oh, yeah. uh because he loves it he loves it he loves it. he's a true true fan and, and- dj and for sure, yeah, he can DJ his ass off, but he loves hip hop. And I mean, to the place where he's put on at JFL Montreal, he did a big concert once and in Toronto, he did one and he got he brought out um, he was on the same stage that I was performing at the outdoor stage, which is like for when I was doing the jam and it was Big Daddy Kane EPMD. Uh, who's a girl that is bad at Crystal Waters. Crystal um, water. Who else? Nice and smooth. Hosted with him and Flava Flav, but, and listen, I'm a huge EPMD fan. I'm leaving somebody out too. I know for a fact I'm leaving somebody out. I'm a huge EPMD fan, but meeting Big Daddy Kane, like, and just his aura and like that you said, like, it's just, there's, it's so cool to, to see that it was like, oh no, this motherfucker it's is real really, deal. is the real deal. And then I met, I, I interviewed Bun B, um, who also worked with Jay-Z. It's so funny we're talking about it, but when I interviewed him and I said, who is the compliment that you got that, that felt like it was, you were like, oh man, like, you know, that, I made it. It was like when Big Daddy Kane was like, you know, his son came up to me and he goes, yeah, dude, my dad and I love you. And he's like, what? Like that's, yeah, that's a trip. What's the best compliment, who, who complimented you that, that fucking, that you were just like, I can't believe you're a fan. Michael Jackson, I feel like you already said it. Michael Jackson, is there anybody yeah. else?
1: No, I would say two. I would, I would say Tupac.
0: Oh God, dude! Dude, yeah. you were fucking there, dude. Yeah, man. You were fucking in it, man. God damn! How how did it come up? And and did he just walk up and you go, "Yo, I like your shit," and then walk off, or is it like,
1: "Oh, oh, I, I'll tell you my Tupac story." So
0: please, I was doing uh, I was doing this show up in
1: uh, at Uptown, and Tupac was there, right? And he came running around the corner, cause like, you come off stage, you gotta come around, and then it was a middle, like, uh, outlet, uh, sort of like a foyer or whatever. And he was like, yo, man, how you think of that crazy shit? Man, you stupid as hell. Like, he was literally like hugging me, like, yo, whatever, you know, like, yo, man, you're funny than a motherfucker, right? And so, if you go back and you also watch the interview I did with Tupac, with dr dre he goes on to say like tag it again like yo man you they owe you for the booty call like you that dude whatever he was he was really a genuine fan like 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 literally like as if i was a rapper he'd be like yo you got skills kind of thing you got skills you know
0: well you did i mean that it's you did kind of create the term booty call yeah 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 and
1: people knew it too so it was like yo they owe you for that booty call shit man how you think of that shit man you crazy like everybody used to say that like how do you think of that shit so funny man it bugged me out how you just think of shit that's so funny i'm like dog i don't even know i just be like thinking outside the box with my you
0: know what i mean i I I got a connection to the universe
1: connection to the comedic universe baby
0: I mean, you, people owe you booty call. Isn't that cool, man? Like, you'll, you know, you'll, you've had an incredible career and continue to, but something that you created is like, it's so big that it's like, it's just a part of the universe now, man. It's a part of the vocabulary, dude. And it's such a funny thing to have created just a booty call. <laughs> like, it's such hey, a, they're still going on.
1: That's the thing. They're universal, that people got to have it.
0: It's like somebody once said blow job, but they were like, that, that's, you mean, you mean, uh, you mean, uh, when they put their mouth on your dick? Yeah. Blow job. I like that. And then that just took off. You dude, you blow job? Booty call. they right there. Right there, dude. Good for you, man. I hope I do that. All right. I got two more. I got one last question and then we're doing our final speed questions. Uh, dude, I'm so happy you came on, man. Um, and we got to fucking hang out. Uh, where would you put this record? in jay-z's entire output like he's got he's got a big career so is this your favorite jay-z record uh where would you rank it and where would you put like in the top five top ten blueprint blueprint in hip-hop not hip-hop in jay-z jay-z only jay-z
1: i would say blueprint would be number one
0: really yeah i would say blueprint because Blueprint is almost
1: like the house that he built that was perfect because you had Reasonable Doubt, you had all these other albums leading up to it, but it felt like Blueprint was literally the house that Jay-Z built and he could build
0: other wings off of that. I agree. I do agree. That's a good, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because I feel like his whole style changed, not changed, but this is the big record. Whereas on the other ones, he had, he had a vibe and he had hits, but this one was loaded with hits and loaded with songs that he's going to be playing for the rest of his career. But also kind of like, it's like a, it's a pivotal moment for him in his career because it takes you, you don't get to the black album, without this you don't get the encore like without this this is really a, you can see the budding sprouts of all that yeah. other shit coming out Absolutely. um all right let me let me ask you this I used ask all the guests these questions um what is your favorite song on this record you might have said it by renegade but is renegade your favorite or is there another one
1: um if i had to pick my heart is Uh, pick would be the one that came off the hardest to me kind of sort of is renegade. Yeah. But takeover is the swag of the album.
0: Yeah. Kanye West producing it. It's it's a, it's got a great
1: takeover. is just, it's just a ride. As soon as you get on it, that beat, that beat is just driving, 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 driving. And he's just shooting grenade rocket launches at everybody letting you know it's over. Your days are numbered. I'm hitting you. I'm telling you, get out my way. I'm here. I ain't going nowhere. You ain't
0: nothing you could do about it. That's what I. I mean, the first two tracks are "The Ruler's Back" and "Takeover." I mean, those are like if those aren't statements, like you know that, and he believes it, and he was, and he was, he wasn't just like some rappers will will talk the shit about this is it this is the fucking shit right here i'm the best and it's just like all right and then he does it and actually did it yeah which is incredible
1: man and it's like now you're gonna make me go listen to it today i got another interview i'm gonna listen to it on my way to my other interview dude i just want to i just want to relive it again like go back over it
0: it, it rules, man. It's it's been a fun it's been a fun listen because I that's the thing about this podcast is that like I might not be in the mood for, for Jay Z hip hop or I might not be in the mood for Steely Dan. But if you sit with the record, especially after doing this, I always go, All right, I'm gonna put the album back on and just listen to it after yeah, the conversation. Yeah,
1: I'm gonna vibe out with it. Thank you, you right. so
0: much. For that. Of course. What's your least favorite song on this record?
1: Um my least favorite. Let me see. I'll tell you. My least
2: favorite is let's go backwards. It's my least favorite, yeah. Go mm.
1: I would say, Hola, Jovito. Mm. Mm i don't know if that one's going to, that one's not touching my spirit like
0: that yeah i skipped I over that, that a few times i'm not gonna lie i skipped over girls 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 after after uh after a listen it's just i i feel like look i love the beat the just blaze beat is great but the the chorus is just it was whatever and i think it's more the i think the only thing i really really dug about it was that he was wearing a um, a Sammy Baugh old Washington Redskins jersey in the fucking right. video, and I was that's where I'm from, so I was like, yeah, all right, but the song's a little, yeah, but it's not bad. It's not yeah, bad. It's just on a record like this, favorite. yeah, on a record like this, I feel, I feel like you could have left that off and, and and put it on a different record. I just don't know if it fits the whole vibe of this. But uh, next question, this is my favorite one: Can you fuck to this record? To the
1: blueprint,
0: to the blueprint. Can you fuck to it?
1: no it's a vibe it's a different type of album it's 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 like have a cocktail you know probably smoke a blunt and just vibe or a cigar it's 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 a very masculine album yes you know it's not sexy yeah it's it's
0: cool. it's, it's it is very is that it perfect it's a very masculine record this is like yeah. take over <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, not, it's a different it's not kind not of it. sex if you're doing it, you're fucking to this. Um, and the last question would be, what would be your elevator pitch to get someone to listen to this album?
1: If you love classic hip hop and you want to to listen to one of the best albums ever created, then you've got to listen to The
0: Blueprint. God damn! I I'm not disagreeing, uh, dude. This was awesome, and I'm so glad we got to talk. Promote away, please promote away. What do you got going on? What do you want to? Oh separate? man,
1: really, really cool, man. Uh, right now, I have a new book out called "Top Billing Stories of Laughter, Life Lessons, and Triumph." It's available at uh, Barnes and Noble and and also Amazon. You can order it today. Uh, just put in Bill Bellamy; it'll pop up at the top of your thing. Um, follow me on all social media platforms at Bill Bellamy on ig twitter facebook and then um i have a new movie coming out called uh back to the strip um
0: august 18th and it'll be in theaters it's a very funny comedy you guys are like it. fuck yeah support him guys uh you're you're one of my favorites man i'm really happy i got to talk to you about this dude thank you thank you guys man it was
1: a good time jake
0: <laughs> thank you buddy Follow him at Bill Bellamy on Instagram and go get his book, Top Billin'. Our new music this week is Shame On You by D Smoke off the 2022 record War and Wonders. Next week is David Bowie week as we go deep into the 77 album Low. And if you haven't heard this record yet You got homework to do Listen to the record Stay fleecy
2: Smoke back on this beat Act like it's dinner time Four packs, no receipt No low check, on my heat In case I have to throw that in the river After center time Uh, I'm good, I'm good I swear I'm good I ain't losing no sleep I'm hood, I'm wood I'm where I want to be See no defeat I pull that off the hip To shoot the shit To piss the vultures Off the coaches In good hands God damn that man Is so insane Uh, Justin Timberlake Sees planet now good karma on my dinner plate i played the backup actor actively soaked up the after my acumen grew the master flew to inner space two times for niggas that ain't gon' lose three times for niggas to break wrong rules one time for niggas to pay those dues. listen if you ain't getting it then shame on you on you girl i'm trying to put this game on you might fuck around let me scribble my name shame on you can't put the blame on nobody but who you see when you turn candle flame on and that window stains your reflection please refrain from projecting to protect you from accepting your name tarnished bitch you ain't farted think you the shit really this shit ain't for the faint hearted big you been hit big, big a two-piece to your brain target think you been slick the truth to find you reclining you so lethargic run that fade if you hate huh? juice box squeeze that minute made bus a grape uh rooftop see that chin is lame if it breaks uh goosebumps leave that nigga days put the glock away and sock on they face show your pain if you great oops i done did it again if you late uh roots run deeper than hussein who rang i rock two chains who bang i block two lanes wu-tang hop out and swing kang, ask about me two times for niggas that ain't gon' lose three times for niggas to break wrong rules one time for niggas to pay those dues. listen if you ain't getting it then shame on you on you girl i'm trying to put this game on you my fucker far more than a minimum finish it. throw hands sweep back like a pendulum To not that racket no wimbledon and a long pendleton with a palm tree palm leaves give me shade even when the fray leading brigades defending the innocent through pops in the penitentiary incidentally all his sons grew up to be gentlemen with a knack for the pencil and scrap with the best of them put one straight through your chest for them boy you ain't got no business fucking with these rally ties on my life it's about to be it. wait hold up boy we only know witness worth the guinness every record that we record gold two times for niggas that ain't gonna lose three times for niggas to break wrong rules one time for niggas to pay those dudes Listen, if you ain't getting it then shame on you on you girl i'm trying to put this game on you might fuck around let me scribble my
0: 500, keeping it fleecy, for
2: the Fleece Nation, on the
0: 500, the 500.
2: With the Lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. The number you have reached is one hundred point seven
0: WMMs. It wasn't just a radio station; it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city Stop for sure. we right? do like
2: Down
0: the wrath of the buzzard WMMs Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles: The Wrath of the Buzzard. P R O H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.